Welcome back to Entertainment Talk. Today we're here to do the podcast we can only do once a year, which is the best and worst. This is for the 2020 version. I'm your host, Matthew. Joining me today, my two co-hosts are Gray and David. How are you both doing? I'm doing very well, thanks. Uh, me too, well. As well as we can be in this year. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Yes, we're not stuck in London, so, you know... <laughs> Um, so what we're going to do here, we've got uh, lots of different categories, or a few different categories we're going to go with, TV, games, films, we've, all, we've also got singular selections for just other categories, uh, some of them are like most disappointing or worst kind of film and game, etc, etc. Uh, we'll go through those first, uh, do our usual uh, sort of break, let you know what else we've been up to on Entertainment Talk, and then we're going to get into the other um, list categories for the best things. Uh, so I think I'm going to go straight into mine to start off with. Uh, I didn't realise I had this one listed at the top. But I'm going to start off with worst TV show of the year. And I don't think this is going to surprise anybody necessarily. I'm going to go with Titans. Uh, the second season of Titans which uh, started in January. And I've spoken about it on uh, different occasions. I think the structure and just pace and too many characters didn't work for it uh, I'm still nervous about that for the show's third season because I've heard that they've added some characters and, and done some other things as well so we'll see how that plays out but yes I think the worst TV show of the year at least from the ones that I saw obviously we know that there's worse TV out there that we haven't seen as well but um, yeah I'm going to go with Titans season 2 which was on Netflix in January uh, most disappointing TV show now this is actually for a half of a season but I don't think it's going to really change much in the second half. The most disappointing TV show so far of the year, Fear the Walking Dead, the first half of season six. Um, I've said before that, you know, The Walking Dead World Beyond and the main Walking Dead show have done a very, very good job of what they've done as of late. But uh, the weird change in format six seasons in uh, with what Ian Goldberg decided to do with this weird kind of, not anthology, but like single focus, single character kind of thing. Um certain characters weren't in the show for several episodes and I just don't think it's worked at all um, and uh, yeah we'll see how it plays out in the second half but I don't think the format is going to be changing for the second half so I'm expecting a bit more of the same but I'm going to go with that uh, this next thing is a game and I'm going to give it four awards uh, but none of them are very good so this is for worst game of the year worst game of the generation which might seem harsh but we are at the end of a generation we finished with the PlayStation 4 xbox one games um and most disappointing for both of those two things and that is going to be for marvel's avengers um in my opinion very very generic gameplay that could have been a lot better um corporate greed is written all over this game with the battle pass stuff for 15 dollars per character which is just wildly expensive uh, and they're going to add characters as well in the future um, for a bit of context of this game as well, this is a AAA 2020 Avengers video game which is kind of thriving off of the success of the MCU because MCU made Marvel even more popular. This game hasn't made its money back yet. So yeah, usually you'd expect with a game like that for a big, um, it, it, whether it's good or bad, you'd expect it to at least you know make money. You see, you know, you see Marvel. And you'd expect it to at least make its money back, if not make a lot of profit. But uh, as of recently, there's been a lot of reports that the game hasn't made its money back yet. And they are currently losing money on it. I don't know how you manage that with a modern Avengers game. But that's what happened. And uh, very, very disappointed with that. Worst film of the year. Now, this was a 
films in general is a bit more of a difficult one in every way this year both in terms of picking best films and worst films and most disappointing or whatever because uh you know cinemas were closed for most of the year they currently are at the moment uh in the uk you can't really go and see wonder woman depending on what tier you're living in or whatever um but worst film of the year um i don't think this film's specifically bad it just stuck out i had to think about basically out the films that i saw which one did i think was the worst and that is tenet or tenant uh, from Christopher Nolan, the, the sci-fi, timey-wimey, rewind, whatever you want to, however you want to phrase it, uh, film. I thought it tried to be a bit too smart at certain points. I thought that um, it just didn't really work very well. Um, and uh, yeah, just just ultimately, I I wasn't like didn't hate it or anything, but uh, just just could have been a lot better. And as a result, it is in my choice uh, for the worst film of the year. But again, there wasn't that many films released this year so um so that's that uh best actor i'm gonna give to michael sheen as the dad in prodigal son i think that's quite a particularly hard role to pull off i think that there's there's an odd bit of sort of comedy there like when he's when he's meeting up with the different family characters and he goes oh it's a family reunion and he's just i don't know there's you know i know he's a serial killer he's killed loads of people but there is a comedic aspect to him and i think the balance of that because at some points um michael sheen as that character can get quite serious because obviously he's a serial killer um but his act of balancing that i thought was great i thought he was very entertaining to watch and uh just thought he was really really good in that role um i'm gonna i gotta give an honorable mention to uh giancarlo esposito uh, not just for Moff Gideon in The Mandalorian, D- but just as... for being Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah, for being just talented in everything that he does. Uh, but the other role, of course, uh, Gus Fring in Better Call Saul for this season. Yeah. Um, just yeah, if 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 he plays a villain and that villain talks to you or a character, um, you know not to get on his bad side. Basically, uh, there's not much physical intimidation there from him or sort of he doesn't really always do the dirty work so to speak uh as the character but um just the presence of him really is uh is quite incredible uh for those that are wondering as well um one of the next things that he's doing is the villain in far cry 6 which is due out early next year that's the the ubisoft game so yeah really really good stuff with that i really enjoyed his performances all the time um biggest surprise for a tv show so this is biggest surprise in terms of um it being good teenage bounty hunters season one the netflix show uh came out of nowhere i season one and only season yes the only season unfortunately yes um show kind of came out of nowhere for me i was very intrigued by the trailer um i didn't know this thing was in development at all it's one of them netflix shows just just, that just kind of pops up out of nowhere um it's not a stranger things it's not a witcher it's not a crown the the crown or anything like that it's just one of them shows that just pops up for netflix i saw the trailer i think i talked about it maybe on geek town or something and uh i was really uh delightfully surprised by it yes it's got some um sort of cheesy things in there in terms of the comedy it can be a little bit sort of um you know funny and sort of slapstick and stuff but never never really stupid i never really felt like i was watching something stupid um but yeah i thought i thought that was a great sort of surprise this year it's just a shame that we'll never get any more of it uh best actress i've got to give it to raya seahorn because no other awards thing has yet uh she's been in is it five seasons we've had of better call Saul? yeah five seasons the next one yeah. is the sixth one um yeah she's been nominated a few times for different emmys she's never 
won any of them and uh yeah i think that is especially with what they did with her character this season um especially with that particular scene in that particular episode david i think you know what i'm uh talking about there yeah. um just really excelled in that role i thought she was brilliant uh, there's a lot of other good choices as well but she's ultimately the one that i sort of landed with as well and uh the next two choices which kind of only apply to me because i'm the only one that watches football uh the best and the worst player for manchester united for this season not in the premier league not in the world just for manchester united now there's quite a contrast between these two players because they almost should be swapping roles you've got the worst player which is harry Maguire. He is the captain of the team. He's supposed to be the leader. He's supposed to be the one that stops the crosses. He's supposed to be the one that uh, clears the ball with his head because he's supposed to be good in the air with, with his head. He's supposed to score headers with the ball or score goals. And he doesn't really do any of those things um, very well. Uh, I don't think he was very good yesterday in the game either. Um, I know that we still won 6-2, but uh, I don't think he was very good in that game either. And... Um, Still don't really know why he's the captain, and nobody else in the fan base really knows why he's the captain as well. He was there for five minutes, uh, De Gea was dropped as the captain for some reason, and then he took the armband. But uh, yeah, uh, but best player for Manchester United, Bruno Fernandes, who signed in January, uh, signed for the team and just completely uplifted the entire team. Um, you, could, you could say arguably he got us into the Champions League at the end of last season, and... Um, I think we would be struggling a lot more in this season if we didn't have him. Uh, it's, it's funny, really, because out of these two players, um, Maguire, the one who's more quiet as the actual captain, and Bruno, who's the one who's more vocal, probably should be the captain. But um, that is the way that things are with that. So those are my singular selections. Um, I'll go to Gray first. Uh, what are your sort of singular selections? So it's, it's incredible, Matt, ask, you asked me to do this list and we don't confer at all until now and it's a mm-hmm. surprise. Yeah. Uh, but we have actually agreed on most disappointing TV show and I absolutely agree with you. Titans is my disappointing TV show of the year. <laughs> Just the pace and the number of characters and the way they decided to tell the story was just too much for me. I remember <laughs> I just it just took me so long to get through it because I just wasn't interested um, in it enough. And so I had this investment that I wanted to finish. So that absolutely gets my most disappointing TV series. If I tune in for the next season, um, I probably will not give it a chance if it falls into the same trap of being really bad with pacing um, and characters. Um, for the most disappointing film, now that as I, I'll talk about my films later, but I've only actually seen six films that were released in 2020 mm. in 2020. So I've chosen I, the top five. <laughs> I'd just like to remind people that Grey was originally hired on Geek Time as our film reviewer. <laughs> But I obviously have been through it. Yeah, well, I was employed as a film reviewer, um, but me and the cinema fell out. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, and then it closed. Um, yeah, and then it closed. Yeah, and they, I mean, I, you have an excuse this year, at least. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so I am trying my hardest to watch a lot of films at the moment, but they're not obviously 2020 films. Um, and the one I was most disappointed with was actually the one I've watched most recently. It's on Netflix it's called Prom. And the biggest disappointment is the fact that James Corden is in it. Um, <laughs> and uh, he, he's playing a gay character. And why there's lots oh, of great stuff from Meryl Streep and there's some great stuff from Keegan-Michael Key and the lead actress who's a newcomer. The whole point of of having James Corden there is lost on me. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't work for me. I've seen him in One Man, Two Governors. He was good in that. But I don't like him in this. And he's playing a gay man. And I just didn't 
get it it was a cliche on top of a stereotype and I didn't like it I've seen some people say that it was honoring the Broadway show and it was really quite good but I haven't seen the Broadway show so I'm coming at it quite new and I didn't like it <laughs> so there we are that's my most disappointing film um for this year my best actor just for um hit you know seeing him in a range of roles over the year I have a lot of respect for Matt Bomer um and I think I'll hold a lot on seeing him in Sinner season three um a very dark character um very different from what you've seen him in he's also been in a couple of movies this year boys in the band um but you will also know him from doom patrol as well he's in that too but um he's going to go ahead as my best actor because he was just so good in the sinner um my best actress uh i can't give all my awards to viola davis even though she's an amazing actress because she does it every year so this year i'm going to go for michaela cole um for her performance in the bbc one i may destroy you um absolutely phenomenal i followed her career for quite a few years she also did chewing gum um which i made matt watch in in one of our episodes earlier this year she's just a stunning actress and brings this to life and i think doing a lot of reading about her storyline in my may destroy you and how she wrote it and her you know, not selling out to Netflix who wanted to buy it. It's just an a remarkable story. And so you know that her character comes from the heart. So that would be my best actress. Um, uh, a couple of others just mentions that not too much to think about, but my best rewatch. So obviously in these times you rewatch loads of things and I've watched a friends and I watched Will and Grace and I watched the Friday night dinner. Uh, but actually my bet, my great find on Amazon, I found Cougar town, the old Courtney Cox sitcom from 2000. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it just it is again, it's, it's good background viewing it's funny they're all obsessed with their glasses of wine and you know <laughs> that's been good uh and then i quickly as a joke done corona victim and corona champion so the the show i'm most sad about that has become a victim of the situation with corona is glow we lost glow um mm. they filmed one episode but they decided they couldn't go on with the final season um so that's the biggest victim and the biggest one that benefited out of coronavirus would be tiger king i'm sure in normal <laughs> world if tiger king was dropped onto netflix it would just disappear into the ether of many documentaries mm-hmm. but because we were all at home it became what i'm calling the corona champion of 2020 <laughs> um and it's actually boosted the profile of a lot of people that wouldn't have got it Mm. So there you go. Those are my uh, special mentions uh, before I go into my lists of TV and films. Cool. Yeah, I thought we'd agreed we, we would maybe agree on Titans because we've we talked about that a little bit before. Um, so, yeah. Uh, David, what about yours? Well, I didn't pick Titans. Um, I actually had I actually had three most disappointing TV shows. And I, I'm, I don't usually um you know because we've said sort of worst tv show and that sort of thing and i i I don't like to refer things as as worst because uh you know i don't make tv shows and um they all do it better than i could regardless of how good it is so you know i'm I'm giving have certain amount of credit but as a watcher there are certain things which i have looked at this year and thought i this is this is fine but it could be a lot better and i expect more of it from the people behind it um so the the three disappointing tv shows for me was the perry mason series because uh matthew reese is a great actor uh Roland jones and ron fitzgerald were the people behind weeds and they also uh they did bulwark empire they were involved with as well so uh, you know there are decent quality people behind it. And it's also from Robert Downey Jr.'s production company. So 
you put those things together and it should be a much better show than it is. I know it connected with a lot of people. It's just, I, and I have only watched the first episode of it. I will also stress. And I do, it's one that I do want to go back and watch more of. Um, just because I'm told it gets better, but that first episode is such a drag and the cast is really good. Uh, you know across the board it's a really solid cast it's just that opening episode just didn't work for me at all um so that will be my first one i i think that sort of should do a lot better the other two shows space force uh the netflix series yeah which was um greg daniels and steve carell who came came up with it and greg daniels of course is one of the office guys and uh, has done multitude of other things and one of his other shows is actually yeah will pop up later as well but um yeah that again it's i mean i know it came out of a stupid internal joke at netflix about them laughing about the idea that they'd announced this thing called space force and they were imagining what it would be and it actually was a backwards idea because it came from netflix and they went to greg daniels and steve carell and said hey do you want to make a tv show about this and they worked it backwards from there so the idea itself was netflix's um but i it, it sort of wasn't as funny and as good as it probably should have been given the people that were behind it mm. uh and the other show that i think suffers from this was avenue five the first season of that um mondo Iannucci, who you know person behind veep and thick of it and so many other brilliant brilliant tv shows and hugh laurie in the lead role again should have been better than it was and i didn't hate it i think it had some interesting moments in it i just don't think it quite found its feet in the first season uh, all three of those shows have got second seasons coming so hmm. i i have hopes that they will get better in the second season. Um, and I will st- certainly, I don't know about Perry Mason, but certainly Space Force and Avenue 5, I will watch. Um, I, I just think they could have done a better job with them, given the people that were behind them. Uh, that would that was just sort of my rationale, really, for those three shows. Titans, as you both kind of brought it up, I actually didn't mind too much but it was relatively forgettable um and i that's sort of not what it should be Mm, really so i i wasn't i wouldn't sort of say it was necessarily disappointing but then i didn't even think about it enough to put it on any of my lists (laughs) so that should tell you something as well Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, so yeah the thing for Titans with me is I know that let's say I decide not to tune into season three, all I'll end up hearing about is how good season three is, and I think, damn, I should tune into that season. And then if I do watch it, I might just get the same experience I got before anyway. So it's sort of like a I don't know difficult situation, but yeah, because there's a good show in there somewhere with Titans. They just need to find it. I think it is it is going to be very interesting for a lot of the Belanti led shows um because although Titans is a sort of separate entity mm-hmm. um you know they are all part of of the kind of Belanti verse DC TV verse thing yeah and uh, given that Marvel are, are now coming in very very strong with their TV shows next year that's going to be interesting because there are going to be direct comparisons between the two and even though DC is yep. such a head start on it um, I, I rather suspect 
the Marvel ones are the things that you're going to be seeing at the top of the list next year, mm-hmm. not the DC ones. You yeah. know, so. Yeah. Um, did you have any other selections? Uh, no, because I, I haven't really done worst game. Um, and uh, well, my actor, I think, if I was going to pick any anybody, I'm not sure about actress, but certainly actor, I would go for Giancarlo Esposito anyway. So, yep. you know, yep. yeah, it's a good choice. Uh, cool. So that's our singular selections done for uh, for this year. Actually, uh, we do still have our big best of lists to get into, uh, but before we do that, we'll take a quick break, and I'll let you know what else we've been doing on Entertainment Talk. See you for that in a minute. Hi there, and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links, the first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra you can find the link to our amazon affiliate link in your show notes the second affiliate link for today is our Kualu affiliate link if you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice you can simply sign up with Kualu using the link in the show notes they also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well so if you need help with getting set up Kualu will be able to help you with that as well the links for both of these can be found in your show notes for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link if you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month, so one TV show or film review per month. It's up to you which one you want to choose. We will watch a few episodes of the TV show that you choose. Or of course if it's a film, we'll just watch that film and we will review that for you on that month and then when it gets to the next month you can request a new TV show or a film review of your choice that's $3 level tier that does also of course include your ad-free podcasts for the month as well thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show alright recently on Entertainment Talk uh, we did our Gaming Talk podcast last night me and Robert and um, we talked about our impressions our spoiler free impressions of Cyberpunk 2077 not a review for the game neither of us have finished it but we have played a good chunk a good few hours of it and uh, we wanted to give our impressions and talk about some news some big news for the game and uh, all sorts of other things so if you want our impressions that is also in a separate um, podcast segment as well so if you want to listen to that individually you can do as well um speaking of tv we did our me and robert also did our season two uh review for the mandalorian gave it a must see rating which may give some hints as to some selections later in the podcast um but did our spoiler free spoiler split review for that uh talked about what they might do in the future with star wars because there's lots of options and and all that sort of thing yeah so we talked about mandalorian season two and uh talked about you know how good the season was that kind of stuff did a season two review so that's that for the mandalorian uh also in the gaming talk podcast we talked about the game awards themselves the official jeff Keighley game awards uh last of us getting i think it was seven awards 
uh, Game of the Year and a whole bunch of other things. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima won a few things, and we talked about some of the trailers as well for the, from the Game Awards, so you can check that out. Uh, as I mentioned a little uh, a few minutes ago, Manchester United beat Leeds by six goals to two. It was uh, very, very enjoyable to watch. It's good when you score six and don't let that many in. Um, so that was really, really good, and uh, Manchester United will return tomorrow in the Carabao Cup quarterfinal to play against Everton. So we'll see how that goes. Um, a couple other things we got. Star Trek Discovery is still continuing. Season 3, Episode 10 is the newest episode. Uh, did the Analyzing Television episode talking about the future of BBC, Star, FX and Hulu and all those. And uh, on a nice note, on a special podcast, uh, me and David last week talked about a gift that I received from the set of The Walking Dead World Beyond. Uh, somebody wrote in to me, and uh, or wrote to me rather, and uh, asked about sending in a letter and uh, some coasters and things and a picture. It was very, very nice to do. So uh, me and Robert, uh, sorry, me and David uh, talked about that on our Walking Dead UK podcast as well. And that was uh, very, very nice to do. So um, that is what we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org and on the podcast platforms. All right, let's get into our big lists. Uh, So what I think we could do is... If we do films first, and then me and David can do sort of a, I guess, just the two of us for the gaming thing, because Gray doesn't play games, (laughs) and then we can get into the big uh, TV selections later. Uh, So I'm going to start with my films, and then we'll go with uh, one of you after that. So, um, I've got seven on my list. I'm actually surprised I've I've even got seven on my list, because I think, David, you said about having three, and Gray, you said you had, like, four or five or something but uh, i have got seven on my list um so number seven at the bottom is enola holmes this is the netflix film which has uh, millie bobby brown as enola who is sherlock's sister and then sherlock holmes played by henry cavill uh, who's played quite a few good roles um recently as well like superman and, and Geralt of rivia in in the netflix witcher series i thought it was a lot of fun i think there's a lot of potential what they could do with the future not just an enola holmes too but maybe you could do a sherlock holmes film with uh, Henry Cavill, maybe you could do some other things, or just have another film where they're, where they're um, in the same film again. But uh, I thought that was quite good and a lot of fun. Uh, number six, I'm going to go with the Sonic film, released all the way back in February of this year. Uh, that was before the first lockdown. Um, but uh, I selected that. Um, really good work that they did with Sonic. The redesign was great. It had some quite good humour in, in it as well. I quite enjoyed that, and I thought it was a great... Um, film to have Sonic in there. You've also got uh, Jim Carrey as Dr. Eggman and I thought that was really, really good as well. Number five, the Pixar film Onward, which is now available on Disney+. Plus. Um, I thought it was a great way to um, show this world and sort of show the two brothers and that. You've got Tom Holland and I think it's Chris Pratt doing the voices for the brothers. I thought that was great. I thought it was a fun journey, a fun adventure. Um, and that was a lot of fun as well. Um, number four, I'm going to go with 1917, um, which was the sort of war film. These these two uh, friends sort of going on this journey and everything to send this message to uh, one of the other characters. And uh, yeah, quite a heartwarming sort of journey with the two of them just sort of walking through um, where they were going. And uh, I thought it was very cinematic at certain points. And there was a couple of really surprising scenes. And uh, I thought it was really, really good. Number three, I'm going to go with Parasite, um, which I saw in the cinema as well. Uh, first time I've seen a film in the cinema that um, I've had to look at subtitles for as well. I know, I know I've seen films at home that have had subtitles, but I think that was the first one I saw in the cinema that had subtitles. Uh, I thought that was great. I thought that was a good 
story about well about lots of different things actually as well there was there's lots of different themes in there and i really really enjoyed that i thought that was great number two this was almost my uh, number one choice but then something else came out number two i'm going to go with birds of prey uh this film received a lot of hate for various different issues some of which don't make a lot of sense and uh some of which are maybe slightly more valid um i thought it was a great way to bring harley quinn back onto the screen have a meet up with the the birds of prey you've got black canary you've got i think it's cassandra kane and then uh you've got the huntress as well i thought it was great i thought ian mcgregor was great as um is it black mask i think that's yes think black, that, mask. Yeah, black mask i thought he was great in that as well and uh it doesn't really seem like the film's going to get a sequel because it didn't perform at the box office very well but uh, i thought it was great i really really enjoyed it seeing black canary on the big screen uh or, or on yeah in the cinema and everything after watching that character on arrow for well eight seasons was great as well so uh i very much enjoyed that my number one my best film of 2020 is going to be alive which is the zombie film on netflix i thought it was great i thought it had tons of great zombie set pieces uh it's basically these this these two characters that are stuck in their sort of um apartment building we'd call them flats in the uk uh there's like a problem problem that he's got with his door so he's not quite secure in there the zombies are really fast and quite intelligent as well which made for just some really thrilling uh scenes as well and um i thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed that i thought that was brilliant uh so that is my films list for 2020 um i'll change things up this time david i'll go with you first what do you have as your selections for films of well 2020? Uh, as as i mentioned earlier there is i, I only have three films because i've only watched three films this year i was i'm sure there must be more but these are mm. the only three that i could find uh, that right. were released this year that i'd seen so um my uh, third place, kind of by default, is Birds of Prey, because uh, that was uh, one of the three films that I saw this year. Uh, I, I did quite enjoy it. I thought it was fun. I have a few issues with what they did with some of the characters. Um, I thought did think uh, Ewan McGregor was great as Black Mask. Mm-hmm. I would love to... I mean, I, it's unlikely, but I would like to see that character come back again. Um, I, you know, Margaret Robbie's always great as Harley. I think that was good. It annoys me when they do things like uh, the young girl that they had as Cassandra Kane. There was no need to have that girl as Cassandra Kane, um, the, who is one of the Batgirls and is an entirely different character. So why did you bother using that name for that character? It just it that that things like that bug yeah. me when they do stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it was nice seeing Black Canary on screen and Huntress and, you know, we got those characters in there. Uh, we are of course going to see Harley Quinn again in Suicide Squad. So, you know, she will be back again with that. Um, so yeah, but overall it was fun and, uh, enjoyable. There have certainly been much worse movies like the original Suicide Squad movie, uh, that was not good and didn't really make a huge amount of sense. Um, and uh, I thought this was this was much better and it was fun. And uh, she's a great character to pin it around. And I think she does a really job, good job with that role. So, yeah, you know, that <clears throat> that I thought was enjoyable enough. Um, the second film I have on here is <clears throat> is Bill and Ted Face the Music, oh, which yeah. uh, I really enjoyed. As as somebody who grew up on the first Bill and Ted films, and uh, you know, I mean the the 
original Bill and Ted movie was one of my favourites, and then Bogus Journey was great as well. Uh, and I interviewed some of the production designer f- for uh, the production designer for Face of Music, and um, just fascinating talking about how you know how they recreated things and how they kind of moved stuff on and what some of, what they built things out of and all that sort of stuff. Um, but uh, it was great seeing Alex Winter back. It's great seeing Keanu Reeves doing that again and getting back into those characters. It, again, it's just a really fun story. And this year has been quite depressing in places. So it's wonderful to see things like that and uh, mm-hmm. just really enjoyable. Um, it's available on demand right now. If, I, if you've never seen the Bill and Ted movies, go and watch all three together in like one sitting. It's just, you know, you should just go and watch them back to back because they are very, very silly and just fun. Uh, and there is something you can sit and just play with and, and just absorb and they're, they're just such great fun films so I really really enjoyed that and um, you know them bringing certain characters back as well from uh, you know I, just just really nicely put together and a great like continuation of the whole thing so uh, definitely I would recommend that and uh, the number one for me Hamilton um, which I know is a bit of a cheat because it is basically a film of a stage show. But, I mean, what a stage show. And they did a really good job with the film version of it as well, the musical version of it, um, which, I mean, essentially it was the original Broadway cast. They filmed it and put it on Disney+. Plus. Um, I mean, it it just works so well. It's such a brilliant stage performance. The music is fantastic. The cast is brilliant. Um, You know, and it's the whole thing from start to finish. Uh, I'm such a huge fan of it. Lin-Manuel Miranda does an incredible job just putting the whole thing together and starring in it as well. Um, And it's one of those things that I will sit and go back and watch again and again. So, uh, yeah, for me, Hamilton definitely would be film of the year. Cool. Excellent. Uh, Gray, how about yourself? Okay, so um, just in my defence, I have watched 98 films this year. Um, However, I'm watching a lot of films, sort of catching up on them. That includes obviously a Marvel rewatch as well. So I've only watched six films from 2020. And I'm really glad to say five of them that made my top five, you have thought each of you have uh, mentioned four of them. So I'm going to go through mine. Um, I'm also a very contextual film watcher. So a lot of these come with the context of when I was watching them, who I was watching them with, which make me enjoy them more. So in at five, sharing your fifth place as well, Matt, is Onward, uh, the Ooh. Pixar film. Um, I really enjoyed that. I, I watched that after on a rainy Sunday. I was all like comfy on my sofa and mm-hmm. it was just really warming and was um, really good to look at the relationship between brothers and about their father. And that was really nice to watch. So that was my number five. Really good show. And I'm also looking forward to their Christmas Day release um, of Soul on Disney Plus as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, in at four uh, on your list, Matt, was Enola Holmes. Um, again, really enjoyed it. A really nice take on it. Um, I had questions about were they originally pitching it to be a TV show, but they decided to just wrap it into a movie first because it could work as a TV show. I could totally see it working. I thought um, she was really good. I thought Helena Bonham Carter was really good. And no, definitely um, a good film. Um, three, you've both mentioned this one, is my Harley Quinn. Um, Birds of Prey, I really enjoyed it. I tried to ignore some of the reviews. I just thought it was funny. It was a, it was one of the better 
um, sort of Warner films, DC comics. Um, it had a good range of characters, strong female characters, um, a, a really nice plot, bringing her back into it. I wonder if they'll make a connection back to the new Suicide Squad film. Um, but, you know, I absolutely enjoyed it. Um, in second position, controversially, it's going to upset Matt, but I'm putting Tenet. Um, mm. I, I totally <laughs> get what you're saying about plot and the whole timey-wimey thing. But visually and conceptually, what um, is trying to be done in the film must be commended. Yes, I, I was scratching my head. I came out of the film going, what was that all about? <laughs> and I suppose if I, if I had watched 25 films this year, this wouldn't be here. I'm what, right. This is a, of a short list. I just am inspired about what he was trying to do with the film trying to get us back into cinemas and again contextually went to an independent cinema in those first few weeks that they reopened and it was with my friends and we were talking to the attendants in the cinema who had just come back to work and so contextually it got it got good memories going for me and so that's why that sits in second place um and dave i totally agree with you even though it's contentious my number one is hamilton um i wa- i watched that on the day of release Mm-hmm. Uh, and then spent the next three days listening to all the songs on repeat um, <laughs> and pretending that I was in it. And no, absolutely, we can question whether it was a valid release or not, but thinking of, you know, just its performance, the, the, even the concept of doing a stage play as a film, it's just good, isn't it? They haven't gone and tried to yeah. remake the film, uh, remake the stage play as a film. They're just showing you the raw performance of these group of performers that won all those awards, that got everyone talking, made it a worldwide smash that it is, and it was just absolutely brilliant for when it was released as well, just as we needed it. We needed yeah. it. You know? We're just coming out of that first lockdown people needed that boost and absolutely those are my top five out of the six i've seen this year (laughs) films Mm -hmm. thank you (laughs) i mean um if we hadn't gone into tier four and if the wonder woman times that i saw for a particular i think it was this week that i saw them come up if they hadn't completely disappeared i might have seen wonder woman and it might have been on my list but that didn't happen so, Thank yeah, yes. Thank you've, yeah, you've now got to wait until I think is it January. Something I think like it's coming. Yeah, coming out in uh, the UK. They they've said the home release. I think mm-hmm. is is uh, uh, January. So yeah, because my uh, nearest... yeah January thirteenth. Yeah, because the nearest uh, cinema to me that's showing it is thirty miles away, and I'm not travelling thirty miles at the moment so uh no. yeah that's uh that's our films for the year uh this is where me and david um kind of do well not really a solo piece but where uh gray sits out for a minute because uh, we're going to do video games uh mine's pretty simple i think my number one is quite obvious but i'm going to read out these four nonetheless um my number four so this is for video games is ghost of tsushima from sucker punch um, now this might sound like a, if you're not familiar with Assassin's Creed, what I'm about to say might sound a bit strange. This is the best Assassin's Creed game, because it does everything that Assassin's Creed tries to do, but does it better. Um, and there's been 9 or 10 Assassin's Creed games, and every single thing that they've tried in Assassin's Creed, in terms of the, the gameplay and the stealth combat and that sort of ninja assassin type of gameplay, uh, Ghost of Tsushima did it better in one game. Uh, so it's got that going for it. Um, I think the combat was really, really good, really engaging, quite challenging at times, but uh, you know, sometimes that's that's a welcome kind of thing. Um, did a lot of good stuff for um, 
it's visual kind of cinematic storytelling. I thought that was great. Um, admittedly, at first, the whole mechanic of swiping the PlayStation 4 D-pad to get the wind to, to sort of blow, to guide you, I did find extremely awkward at the start. But once I got used to that, that just sort of fit in really well with everything. Uh, I thought the story was good. The characters were good. Some a little bit more hit and miss than others, but... Uh, Overall, I thought it was a great game. I think there's a lot of potential with... Uh, I think they're actually hire, hiring for the uh, Ghost of Tsushima 2. Um, I know they've had the online version that's got released for free um, as well. I think, that's a, I think that's like a free update for Ghost of Tsushima, um, which I haven't tried. But yeah, I think they're actively hiring for the sequel, which would make sense. The game was a big success, and uh, lots of people really liked it. Number three is a game that I feel like I'm the only one that even played this game. Iron Man VR, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this game. Uh, I knew it wouldn't win Best VR Game at the Game Awards because Half-Life Alex was also nominated and it seems like everybody played that game. But um, yeah, Iron Man VR came out. I remember playing the demo. I wasn't very impressed with the demo. The flying controls were a little bit strange, but the full game came out. I thought I'd give this another chance and I thought it was really fantastic. They put way more effort into the story than what I thought they were going to. They did some quite good character development with Tony as well they got Ghost in there as the the villain um from the Ant-Man and Wasp film uh she was great in there as well you got Pepper Potts who's in the game sometimes she's more on sort of phone calls than anything else uh once I got used to the flight controls and the shooting controls it was really really a lot of fun to use uh and then being up being able to upgrade them and change to different missiles in the game and all sorts of stuff all of this in VR which just adds a whole uh, really great um, aspect to it uh, granted if you're a bit more um, sensitive to sort of movement and, and that sort of thing you might not get on with the game as well but uh, I'm quite lucky in that department and uh, I don't get sort of motion sickness with VR very often it would take quite a lot to get me to I don't know be sick from from VR or something but uh, I thought that was really really good I thoroughly enjoyed that they're probably I don't think there'll be a second one I'd like to see where they could go if they added like more Avengers characters or something there's lots of potential but just given how no one really talked about this game and Sony didn't really promote it when it came out I just have a feeling that no one really played it, so that's that's a big shame. Number two is going to be Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time. Uh, the proper sequel, 20-odd years later, paid so much respect to the original trilogy. Lots of really, really good callbacks to the original games. Um, as I've said quite a few times, a perfect blend with the gameplay of old ideas with new ideas. I, I couldn't imagine how that could have gone better uh, with the masks and the new sort of... Uh, boxes and things and the challenges that were introduced yet there yes the game is incredibly hard but it's a crash bandicoot game so all of them have been very hard but um i thought the cutscenes were a delight to watch i was smiling through most of them crash's reactions to just everything was just brilliant and uh just so just absolutely poured love and respect into that and uh i've got to give lots of praise to toy for bob for uh, the development on that game, it was just, uh, and I haven't, I haven't fully completed it yet, so I've got some of it to go back to and do, as well. But uh, I absolutely loved what they did with it, and I, I couldn't have asked for more. My number one game, my game of the year for 2020, to absolutely nobody's surprise, is The Last of Us Part Two. Um, <laughs> a game that is just incredible in every single department that it, well, tried to do things in. I thought the story was. Very, very risky, very ambitious. For some people, that didn't really work. For me, it did incredibly well in, in that department. The gameplay, the technical aspects of the game, 
the amount of different things that you can do with the gameplay, um, the way that the enemies react to you, the way that you can injure certain enemies, like you can sort of sh shoot their legs and they'll sort of get injured from that and things. Yes, you've got to kill a lot of dogs in the game as well, otherwise they'll kill you. But uh, hey, you, in a world like Last of Us 2, you've got to do what you've got to do to survive. Um, I thought that they evolved the gameplay from the first game really, really well. Uh, just added so many good things and it's just, I think it's a just such an achievement of a game. Uh, performances from top to bottom, every single actor and actress uh, in the game was incredible and uh, I'm just so happy that it's won so many awards as well. Um, so that is, I don't think there's too many surprises in there necessarily, but uh, yeah, that's my list for my games of the year, or my, my be the best games for 2020. Um, David, how about you? Well, um, I have 10 games, uh, and they are very different to yours, because I play mm -hmm. on PC mainly, rather than, right. uh, in fact, the, the only game that I, the only thing I, I have at the moment is a PS4 in terms of consoles, and I think I've only played one game on it this year. So, um, the first game that I'm going to put in the 10th position is a PC game called uh, Breath Edge. There's a few games in here which are still in early access. So this has actually been kicking around for a while, but uh, they've made, he's made some advancements on it. I think it's one of these situations where it's one or two guys developing it, so there isn't like a huge team behind it. It's a great little indie game. Uh, it's a dark comedy space survival adventure game where uh, you take on the role of this guy and uh, he's on the way on this spaceship to uh, give throw away his ashes, his grandfather's ashes at this galactic funeral. Uh, the ship crashes and he ends up in the middle of this massive kind of conspiracy uh, and you're floating about in space you've got to collect bits and pieces to try and sort of survive and get to the next area and uh, get yourself sort of out of this predicament because you're running out of air and stuff so um, it's it's just really fun it's got some wonderfully strange and weird dark humor in it it's uh, well well worth picking up as i say it's in early access at the moment so he's not actually completely finished but uh, they have made a lot of progress progress this uh, year on it and uh, i suspect it's probably going to get fully released next year but it, it is looking really really good so there is that which i really really enjoyed uh, there is a game called Phoenix Point, which is a turn-based tactical combat um, game, which actually came out in December last year. So I think we're allowed that because it's yeah you know, some it was after some December things you don't get to until like the next year. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Uh, so uh, Phoenix Point, it's it's like a sort of XCOM-style turn-based uh, tactical shooter. Uh, the Earth is overrun. You've got these this mutating alien menace, which is kind of threatening to take out the remnants of mankind there's various different uh sort of global um places where the you know mankind have set up and there are di these different groups which are set up and they give you different levels and different types of technology uh so you are part of phoenix project which is the secret organization of the best minds and the bravest soldiers on earth that are sort of there to repel the invasion so where it's it's very very much like xcom if you like it those xcom games you'll love this um it's a it's a really nice different um, way of of doing it i like the uh you know the, although the the sort of tactical combat is very similar 
the kind of story that they put behind it, I think he's he's quite nice and different enough from the XCon stuff to be able to kind of uh, you know leave it away. And they've added an, an extra layer of bits and pieces on it as well, which I think work really really well. Uh, so that's Phoenix Point, uh, Mars Horizon, um, which is this great little space game because uh, I, I love the space games and uh, particularly the ones that are based around sort of real world ideas. Um, so like Cabal Space Program is a great game, but it's hellishly complicated. And what I rather loved about Mars Horizon was this. Uh, it, it is based on the idea that you control a major space agency and you're trying to be the first to get to Mars. Um, the But a lot of the way that they do it is it's fairly simplistic in the, but um, to, to sort of pick up but quite hard to master. You know, it's not like Cabal Space Programmer in that you've got to kind of work out angles and trajectories of things, and it, which is hellishly complicated. With this, it's a lot more simple. It's more about the management of the agency itself. But the way that they've managed to put that together i think they they've done it in a in a really kind of interesting simplistic but engaging way uh in terms of the little puzzles and stuff that you have to sort of figure out um how much energy you need to be able to kind of use on a particular uh rocket to be able to get to a certain level to be to so it, it sort of you can do all the experiments that you're supposed to be doing at that point you know um so it's well worth picking up it's not particularly expensive i don't know whether it's just out on pc at the moment or whether you can get it on other platforms but uh that's worth picking up uh speaking of xcom as well xcom chimera squad there was a new version of the xcom game that came out which uh is more straight story driven um than some of the other XCOM games uh set after the events of XCOM 2 so you're in a world where the sort of humans have won and seen off most of the sort of alien overlords that were in charge previously uh so it's five years after the events of XCOM 2 and there's sort of this uneasy piece where the aliens and humans that are left are trying to coexist so uh Chimera Squad's almost like a sort of an extension of a police kind of um, agency so uh you're being sent out on jobs to try and sort of track down these uh, these bits of illegal activity and uh i i think it's a, it's a nice little extension to the xcom universe you know, and it's an area that we would not really seen before it was a much cheaper game it's you know rather than being the usual sort of 30 40 pounds it was like 20 quid when i picked it up uh and uh, there's a good sort of 20 hours 30 hours of gameplay in there and it's, it's really really enjoyable and uh certainly worth picking up if you're a fan of the xcom series um Subnautica Below Zero is a, another one which is in early access at the moment or show should be releasing early in the new year. Um, this, again, has been in development for a couple of years, but it is still uh, going. And they had some major changes to it this year in that the person that was writing the original story decided to move on to some other projects. So they brought a new writer in and completely altered the, the story that we'd all been playing around with uh, into something else entirely different. So uh, that's been really interesting to see and uh, see how that's developed. They're at quite a nice stage now where they've uh, I, I've actually kind of put it down for the last few months because I don't 
want to spoil kind of where it ends up going. But uh, if you don't know the Subnautica series, the original game was one of my favorite games ever made. Uh, you basically get dropped on a water planet and you've got to uh, pick up resources off the floor of the ocean to be able to craft various tools and you can get as far as crafting things like submarines and stuff. Uh, Below Zero is an extension of that which adds you again being crashed on a new planet you're a different character you're crashed on a new planet and this one has the added thing of uh there's frost everywhere so it's a very cold environment so there is a chance that you can actually freeze and uh you are also spring swimming around in the ocean but there is land larger land areas to deal with in this as well so um they've sort of expanded the whole world and the whole idea it's got a lovely kind of humor to it and uh, i really really enjoy those games again it's quite a small studio it's an indie studio that develop it but um that is gonna pop up i think early in the new year as a fully released game and it is well well worth going to pick up uh my fifth place is satisfactory which i picked up this year which again is another one that's still in early access uh, but they've released a bunch of updates for it over the year as well. Uh, it's by a company called Coffee Stone Studios. Essentially, what you're building are ginormous factories. These huge factories. You're dropped on an alien planet and you're having to pick resources up and craft things to be able to kind of make other stuff. But you have to kind of get the resources to a central location to be able to craft them. So you're you're either using trucks to sort of automate routes backwards and forwards or you're building massive, massive conveyor belts to get stuff from like A to B uh, and you've got to work out power concerns and uh, how you're going to kind of build these huge bases to be able to kind of mine this planet of its resources. So uh, not necessarily particularly environmentally friendly, but it is great fun to be able to do. And uh, there's again, there's a lot of logistics stuff in there, which is great fun to work out. Uh, fourth place, I would put Planet Zoo, which originally was released last year, but it has a lot of update packs which have come out this year. Uh, the latest one being uh, a free patch called 1.4, which adds a bunch of extra stuff in. They've also just released an aquatic pack, which adds in um, a bunch of more animals. And these are kind of aquatic based animals like penguins and stuff. So uh, I, I've just spent so many hours building things in that game. It has one of if you if you enjoy building stuff in video games, um, the Planet Zoo has one of the most uh, comprehensive building system in there where you can pretty much build whatever you like out of the various elements that they uh, give you to build it. It's got a great bunch of stuff and uh, it, the animals are adorable. It, there's loads of information. There's, it's a great game for kids as well because there is a lot of educational information in Planet Zoo about the animals and uh, you know where they live and uh, you know what, what they live on and how you sort of manage them and that sort of stuff. Um, there are, are animals from all over the world sort of Australia, South America with some of the new packs that they released this year but there are, are um, animals from the uh, from asia from the north america it's, it's just there's they're great and it's just a really really fun game to be able to play um third place goes to crusader kings which was genuinely 
released this year. Uh, that is a paradox game. It's a what they're described as a grand strategy game and a dynasty simulator set in the Middle Ages. You basically you pick a time which uh, and it's set a sort of cross Europe, and you become the head of a dynasty. And uh, one of the unique things about this game is you you aren't somebody like in Civilization where you pick a world leader and you're Queen Elizabeth for like 500 years. With this, you start off as a particular king. And when that king dies, the dynasty gets handed on to his children. So you then continue playing the game as the children in it. And uh, it's it's just so so detailed um it's it's one of those things that it really overwhelming when you first sit down with it and you end up going and watching a bunch of videos on youtube to figure out exactly how you actually are supposed to play it and uh once you've done that though and once you start to get the hang of it and start to understand what it's doing it's such such fun because it's so deep and uh so wide in the amount of things that you can do and and you the way you can direct the characters and uh just just well well worth picking up if you like strategy games um so my top two uh my number two goes to cyberpunk 2077 um which I'm about 70 hours into at the moment. Uh, it's not perfect, uh, as, as I think people have probably been finding out which have been buying it. Uh, I mean, there have been technical problems. I'm actually playing it on PC, and generally it's been all right. There haven't been too many issues. Uh, I have the odd crash here and there, but nothing too major. Uh, I love the world that they've created for it. I really do enjoy running around in it. My criticism generally would be that the main story is way, way, way too short. Uh, you can pretty much rip through the main story in one sitting if you're going for it. Um, it it's fairly easy to get through that. And uh, that's slightly disappointing given that it comes from CD Projekt Red and The Witcher literally would go on for hours. And yes, there was a lot of side quests in that as well but the main story was also pretty hefty in that game and uh, it just isn't with cyberpunk it's it's fairly short the main story there is an awful lot of stuff on the periphery to do and that is in very that is very well crafted you know there is a lot of additional story content in there but i would have liked to have seen them extend the main story out of it a bit more but uh, graphically it looks great it's actually running okay on on the pc version i know there have been issues with the uh, playstation some quite major issues with the playstation but uh yeah i i still think it is worth picking up and uh you know hopefully this is one of those that manages to pull itself together and uh doesn't end up pushing them down a bethesda route uh and my number one game ironically is the one thing that i have played on console this year spider-man miles morales uh i i really really enjoyed that game i think it's 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 sort of a 1.5 game it's not spider-man 2 because we have got that coming it's sort of spider-man 1.5 it's like a sort of interlude in between the two big spider-man games because it isn't as big as the main spider-man game but it wasn't as expensive either so um I I just really loved what they did with the character. Uh, you got to play with Miles, who has you know you still got the same same sort of swinging and playing around that was so enjoyable in the first Spider-Man game. But uh, you also had these additional bunch of powers that Miles has as well, and uh, I, it's just they they've really nailed 
the uh, the swinging about the city in uh, Spider-Man. And I think they've done such a good job with it, with both with the original game and with this one. Um, so, yeah, that would be my game of the year, I think, for me. Cool. I uh, just want to say as well for Cyberpunk and for Spider-Man, Miles Morales, I haven't played Spider-Man yet, so I can't put it in my list. And with Cyberpunk, uh, I've not finished it. So, uh, But both of those will be pushed to 2021 choices. Uh, for me, so cause it, it's just one yeah. of those situations where they both came out quite late, so I just didn't really get to play one of them, and I'm playing the other one. So, and the re- the reason Last of Us Two isn't in my list is because I haven't played it yet. So. There you go. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. You can't put something in your list if you haven't played or watched it. So, yes. Um. All right, Gray, you still there? I am still here. Yes. <laughs> Good. Uh, not falling asleep. <laughs> Good. I'm definitely not falling asleep. <laughs> cool. Nice. Uh, so let's move on to the big one the uh, best TV of the list. Um, now, I've done my list a little bit differently. I've got, because this was, I always struggle with the TV list, because there's always, to, even with a pandemic, there's just still so much great it's television. probably worse with a pandemic, actually, but yeah. Mm, but we still still got a hell of a lot of good shows this year. Um, so what I've done is, there's two shows I want to just mention. Um, they are 2019 seasons, so I'm not actually officially including them in the list, but I did see them this year, and I've just got to give them shout-outs. So this isn't actually like a inclusion in the list, This I just want to give these two shows a shout-out. One of them is Dragon Prince, great third season, and the other one is uh, Working Mums, which I'm still watching at the moment. Um, now, there is a Working Mums season in 2020, because there was one released this year, but I'm not on that season yet, so it might be a terrible season of TV. I don't know. I doubt it, but I don't know yet. Uh, I've just started the third season, which I think is last year's season, uh, but just wanted to give them two a big shout-out, because they were both brilliant. Uh, so I've got 15 shows, and then I've got... Um, three honourable mentions. The three honourable mentions are in no particular order. Um, those are The Undoing, the miniseries, which me and uh, Grey talked about last week or the week before, the series finale. That's a spoiler-only podcast, so only listen to that if you've seen the episodes. Uh, Stargirl Season 1, the new DC Universe, now HBO Max or CW show, depending on where you watch it. And The Umbrella Academy Season 2, I thought was very, very good as well. Um, so 15, 16, 17, yes, yeah, so even though I've got 18 shows here and they're all in uh, different places and whatnot, I do love all of these shows. So if a show is um, in a particularly lower spot than what you thought it might have been, um, I still thought it was a great season. So let me just get into to my list so at number 15 the outsider um i thought they did some really really good stuff stuff horror wise with that uh, limited series again from hbo um they've been very successful with this sort of limited series that they've done um in, in the last few years and that um but a limited series from them this sort of investigation into these murders and everything and the murders were sort of very weird because there was something else going on um, I think the finale let it down a little bit, which is why um, it's lower in my list. I just thought they could have... It was very good. It just could have been a bit better. And the actual explanation as to what was going on was not quite... I think it just could have been a little bit better in, in that sort of regard. Uh, number 14. This is a very harsh list, so um, just be prepared. Uh, number 14, I'm going to put The Mandalorian. Uh, second season. We did get both seasons this year, but the second season is the most recent Again, fantastic season of television. Uh, we just did the review for it, like I mentioned, uh, the must rating for the season two. I really, really like what they've set up for the just the future of Star Wars television, not just for the next season, but for 
the future of all that. I thought they did some really, really good work with the character development. Um, I think the implementation of new characters and or returning characters from other Star Wars things um, was really, really good. I really enjoyed that. There wasn't really a character in the show that I felt like was just, okay, we'll put them in here because they're popular or we'll put them in here because it will be cool or anything. Um... But I thought they were implemented into the show really good. And sometimes, like I said with Titans, if you just shove a bunch of cool characters into your show, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work. But it very much did with The Mandalorian. Uh, and I really enjoyed what they did with that. Number 13 is going to be Bojack Horseman. All the way back in, I think, January was the second half of that, um, that the final season. I thought they ended the show really, really well. I thought that going uh, kind of deeper with the more mental things that were going on with Bojack himself and sort of revisiting his past and mistakes that he'd made and that kind of thing but they settled things really well I really like where they ended things and uh, I, def- I definitely excuse me I definitely enjoyed that season uh, very much uh, number 12 excuse me is going to be the Walking Dead for the 10th season uh, kind of split up weirdly we had the obviously 15th episode in April and in the 16th episode the season finale all the way in October, so we didn't really get a start of season 11 uh, this year, unfortunately, because of the pandemic. Um, I think Angela Kang continues to just do an amazing job with that show. Uh, picking up the pieces after Mr. Gimple uh, got pushed into the corner, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, got pushed to a different role, if you if you want to call it that. Uh, he's, still, he's still hanging around, but he's not the showrunner anymore. Uh, what Angela Kang has done with the show was great. I thought what they did with the Whisperer storyline was really good. Uh, a good tease and set up for the next season as well. And... Um, just just has made The Walking Dead so much better and I thoroughly enjoyed that. Number 11 is going to be The Walking Dead World Beyond. Um, doing doing the job of two shows, kind of, like how, how we talked about on the podcast. Because uh, Fear the Walking Dead was supposed to be the one that explained what happened in the past and how this outbreak started. And they sort of started it and then skipped over the rest of it. And then several years later, Walking Dead World Beyond comes around does really really good job with the present day storyline with the whole crm thing and what's going on there and the objective that the characters had to do um tied in the 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 use of tying in the backstory of each character episode by episode but not in like a bottle episode sense i remember this i remember we said they did a really good job with that um as well sort of tying that into the present day storyline relating to that character of that episode and then also using those flashbacks to further the lore of what had happened in the past which is what fear was supposed to do so just doing multiple good things in in the first season it's got its second and last season hopefully next year because it's meant to be two seasons i just thoroughly enjoyed it i thought it was great number 10 uh, i don't think i've mentioned ever watching the show on anything so this is going to be a complete surprise number 10 is going to be Shit's creek um i thought the final season was fantastic uh, i did watch most of it this year but the final season was this year as well um i think what the levy family i suppose uh did with that show was great a lot of really good humor some really really heartwarming moments um the show had helped a lot of people from what i understand with uh different lgbtq things and uh like the, the, the all the things they did with that i thought the show ended really well very satisfyingly i thought what they did with the characters was great um moira's outfits continued to get more ridiculous and just funny throughout the throughout the show i thought that was great and uh overall just, just a really good feel good um sort of show and i thoroughly enjoyed that number nine is the limited series called Stateless. This was uh, Yvonne Strahovski from... She was on Dexter, I think. She was on 24. 
Live Another Day, and she's also in The Handmaid's Tale. Um, a story about border control and telling both sides of that story, really. The, the sort of prisoners there and the guards and life outside of the sort of prison, I suppose you could call it. Um, delving into what that does to the humanity of different people. The phenomenal acting from pretty much everybody in the show. Um, and it's uh, very, very heartwarming, very tragic in certain places. But... Um, I thoroughly enjoyed that. I thought that was great. Uh, number eight is going to be nine one one, uh, the original show, not Lone Star, the original show. I mean, I've said on multiple occasions about how good this show is. Um, makes you care about the red shirts more than what any TV show has done. I mean, I've not seen like the old Star Trek and stuff where they did things with with red shirts. And oh, that, nobody but, uh, cares about the red shirts in right. Star Trek. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, the one of the few shows that makes you care about the sort of red shirt characters. You want them to be saved. You want them. You want the team to do well. Again, incredible heartwarming moments. Uh, some good comedy moments in there as well. Great character yeah. de- development. Great characters. Just just does everything really well of what it's what it's trying to do. So that is going to be number nine on my list. Number seven, Better Call Saul season five. Really just furthering the character of Saul more uh, into becoming Saul. The name of our podcast for the show. Um, some really really great work that they did with Kim this season, as I mentioned earlier, with Rhea Seahorn being my choice for the best actress for 2020. Uh, John Carlos again as Gus, just always brilliant. I mean, there isn't really a bad actor in the show or any sort of bad performances. So everybody does a great job across the board. Really really good way to set up the final season. We don't know if it's in two parts yet, but it's going to be the the sixth and final season. Um, just a really really great show some incredibly tense moments i'm sure you know what i'm referring to david uh Mm -hmm. in in some of the later episodes um but just brilliant i thought that was great uh number six is going to be afterlife the second season from ricky gervais um a very good follow-up from uh, just well very very emotional this i think that's a good way to sort of put it uh both in good ways and in bad ways a very very emotional show uh, Ricky Gervais just doing work of art like he pretty much always does with most of his shows. Um, thought it was a great follow-up. I'm very interested to see what they do with season three because usually he does two seasons of something and then does like some specials or something like that, like what he's done with The Office and other things. So we're going to get presumably another six-episode season, and I'm very much looking forward to seeing what he does with that. Number five, The Kingdom, which I don't know if it's actually got a third season or not. I still don't know. Um, another... Yeah, the theme here, zombies, zombie stuff. Um, really, really good follow-up with what they did with the second season, delving more into not just the cause of the virus, in, in at least in their particular world, but how it might be solved eventually. Uh, doing some really good stuff with the um, heir to the throne, the, the, the young boy that's in the show, and, and all that sort of thing. Some really, really good zombie set pieces in there. Just fantastic stuff. There's There's lots of scenes in the kingdom where it's just endless sort of... You've got to keep running away from the zombies, and it's just such a thrill to watch as well. Number four, the one and only season of I'm Not Okay With This. I was blown away by this show. Um, Short, sweet, to the point, didn't waste any time. Um, I think it was six or eight episodes, about 20 minutes or half an hour each. Really, really good stuff. Um, Some crazy powers that the character had. I thought that was great. It's really a shame that that isn't coming back for a second season because of how the first season ended. But I was pretty blown away by that. I thought the character development was great and uh, just everything that they did was really, really good. Number three is going to be Westworld Season 3. 
I absolutely loved what they did with the technology in this third season. Going, still having kind of a western feel to it, but going into the city using just loads of different sci-fi elements with the weapons, which I pointed out on uh, our Reviewing Westworld podcast. Uh, you've got like sniper drones and all sorts of really, really cool stuff. Uh, you've also got the addition of um, uh, Aaron Paul from this season. Um, uh, of course, Jesse from Breaking Bad, he played a character, I think it was Caleb, I think that was his name in the show. Yeah. Um, teaming up with Dolores for better and for worse. Um, Dolores got some incredible character development this season, and they just they just did so many good things with that third season. I think it's the best season of the show as well, and uh, I'm very much looking forward to what they do with season four. Number, th- uh, number two, sorry, is going to be Good Girls Season 3. Excellent payoff and follow-up to Season 2. Excellent story for Season 3. And a really good setup for season four. Um, is that filming at the moment? Do you know? Because it has been renewed. Uh, um, uh, I think so. I yes. Because so. I don't want that to get cancelled. <laughs> but... No, I believe it. I, I, I believe it is coming back. Uh, third season cut. Yeah, it's renewed for a fourth season. I'm not sure whether it's filming, but it is renewed okay. for a fourth Hopefully season. Hopefully, we actually get to see that. But yeah, really, really good third season. Um, up the stakes significantly, which is interesting for a show like this. Um, up the stakes for this season and just had some really good drama and everything. Some great character development. And I just thoroughly enjoyed the third season of Good Girls. And number one, the only show I've left off this list so far. The only show I haven't mentioned yet. Again, this is, might be a little bit of an obvious one. Number one, the best show of 2020, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Yeah. I had that down as yours. (laughs) Yes, I I kind of guessed that's where we were going. Yeah. Uh, but yes number one Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist season one uh, a show that took me by surprise in ways I didn't expect I didn't think the idea sounded very good from the start had some potential but worked way better than what it probably should have or maybe could have um, got me more into kind of musicals as well because I've since checked out other musical things like the high school musical series and everything um, again speak, sticking to the theme of heartwarming very very heartwarming some really sad moments um, some great music the idea of having music tying into the narrative of the character's thoughts, using that to progress the story, develop the characters, develop the relationships between the characters. Sometimes in some very awkward scenes where you're with Zoe experiencing somebody doing um, uh, an interesting kind of song or whatever, but all of it worked just so, so well. And uh, yeah, it was great when I heard on Geek Town that, of course, it was filming for its second season because I didn't want that to be another victim of uh of covid as well but it's got an air date i think it's like the 4th or the 5th of january hopefully e4 can land the dart in the right place and uh give us an air date sooner rather than later or just give it to somebody else i don't know uh we'll see how that works out but goodness me what a season of television um that is my number one uh switch back uh let's go to gray first what is your television list for 2020 Thank you very much, Matt. So it's really good to hear your list. Um, and it's good that between the three of us, I know we have a lot of things that cross over, but we are quite diverse in our viewing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of things that you feature in yours do feature in my top 10, but I will do honourable mentions. It is a really tough list. Um, I think I, I've, I've noted down, I've watched over 300 complete series this year. Um, they're not wow. just 2020 shows. They are from the past. They're rewatches. But, you know, I've watched a lot of TV, so to have a top 10 was quite hard. I got it down to about 17 last week, and then I scrolled it down to 10. Honourable mentions are just going to go out to Umbrella Academy, um, Dead to Me, 
Home, which is the Channel 4 sitcom um, about um, a refugee who got in the boot of a family's car. Um, Aquafina, Criminal UK, Adult Material, Macmillions, Schitt's Creek and High School Musical, a musical. Um, so they're all honourable mentions, but I'm going to dive straight in to my top 10. Um, in at number 10, uh, one of the moments where me and Matt cross over is 911. Um, it's uh, my highest ranking procedural on the list um it is my favorite procedural it absolutely blows all the others out of the water the storytelling the characters um it doesn't follow the typical pattern it, and therefore it brings originality um and has got some you know it's got some great storylines and peril and themes you know so uh, i mentioned earlier when i talked about one of the films like if you have the theme of um fathers then you just know that will run as a like a nice little thread throughout the whole episode and you'll see all these situations where people are in situations with their fathers and then the characters will be dealing with that so that's been a really good um series this year this year and i can't wait for that to come back next year so that was number number 10 uh number nine surprising that this is uh, up on my list but this is alex Ryder, the amazon prime series i really enjoyed it for um a youth um sort of action novel um that's been turned into a tv program it was really good quite dark but also you, you um quite action-packed uh really good sceneries really good characterizations and uh, i'm really pleased that's been picked up for a second season so that is at my number nine um and then straight away another amazon um program which i i know that david's probably going to talk about this where me and david crossover is upload um yeah. upload fantastic a program uh one of those i binged really quickly just different um and there was a little bit of promo but not huge amounts of promo around it you had to go and look for it and i know i've recommended it to people as well it is it's a really good story really good idea and actually it's a really nice like performances and storylines and the you know a very beautiful world as well which is frustrating to watch but i yeah definitely enjoyed it um go on to number seven now this is the latest season of a program I've watched for many years it's called Insecure. Um, it's on Sky Atlantic um, and it's just a really good portrayal of um, a black woman in the media industry, of sort of in the charity promotions and media industry in L.A. Um, and I really enjoyed that. And it stars Issa Rae um, and Issa Rae is um been across a lot of tv programs and films this year she's really upped her profile but i really love it it's um really honest and funny and um yeah it was on sky comedy i think it came out this year um mm. that was number seven number six thinking all the way back um to the very early part of the year sex education um is going to take my number six just uh, just the beautiful visuals <laughs> where it's shot the timeless what what era are we in and we're watching this in Gillian Anderson, Need I Say More, um, absolutely enjoyed that. That's at number six. Number five, uh, a big respect to the FX deal at BBC for bringing us Love Life, um, the first season starring Anna Kendrick. Um, I really enjoyed it. I just loved the idea of this program that, you know, it's about her journey to meet her person that she's going to spend the rest of her life with. And each episode is about her time with a different person and how it develops her slightly more um and i'm really excited about that coming back for a second season as well and it's gonna star the actor from a good place william jackson that's Harper, it. i think that's, yes. it. Yeah. that's the one um and it's really good to hear that she's gonna be in it as a background character but it's going to be his journey so really excited about that too mm -hmm. um in at number four 
I think actually better than season one um, was Boys season two. Um, it went on a really good journey and really developed the characters, gave us more action, got to the real depths of the other characters and wasn't always about the boys in a sense. The boys had a lot of screen time in season one, um, but looking at more of um, the seven um, and the, the journey one of my favourite characters went on and became my most hated character by the end um, is going in at number four. Number three, um, a gem. Uh, this was a Corona success um, and that is staged. Um, so I'm going to go for that. David Tennant and Martin Sheen. The only thing I really enjoyed Martin Sheen in this year, I know that you guys may love Prodigal Son, but I really struggled with it. Um, but I absolutely love him in stage and i know they're doing a second season uh, i've seen um the highlights of that already and it's just a really clever simple idea two national treasures in my mind that we absolutely enjoyed watching um and yeah i can't wait to see that uh in at number two uh is matt's number one it's where zoe is taking the you know absolutely fell in love with this program uh it's what we needed during that first corona hit wasn't it it yeah, was exactly yeah. We needed that feel-good drama with great emotional hits, but the singing, um, the creativity of like where they place the plot and the narrative, and you know, absolutely loved that. That's going in at number two, and then my number one, and I mentioned her as my best actress earlier, is going to be I May Destroy You mm. um, from BBC iPlayer. Just a groundbreaking drama, and it it absolutely came out at a really pivotal time in what was going on in our own society. And I, you know, I absolutely absorbed that drama. I was absolutely taken away by it. And, you know, it was around the time where people were getting into their normal people or their Tiger King or all these great TV programs that were getting a real hype during the lockdown. But I May Destroy You really hammered home some of what was going on in our society um, and I really loved it. And I think she's just a fantastic writer and actress. And I, I am enthralled whenever she comes to do, to do something for British television. And I would be there every time she puts something on the TV at the moment. Mm -hmm. So that is my top 10. Um, and, uh, yes, I, I, I really enjoyed TV this year. I think I've yeah. had a, a renaissance with it, um, because I've had a lot more time inside as we all have, but I've really got, that is a really broad spectrum of my top 10. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to throw uh, Dead to Me and Staged in my honourable mentions as well. I sort of slightly forgot to put them in the list. Um, but uh, those are brilliant as well. So, uh, David, your turn. Well, uh, honourable mentions, again, I think uh, 911 for me I was is a, is a great show. I, I don't watch that many of those sort of procedurals, but if you are going to watch one, watch 911. It is brilliant. Lone Star is quite good as well, but I think the main show does it even better. Yeah. Uh, Better Call Saul, great this year. Uh, Afterlife, I thought was great this year. Walking Dead and Walking Dead World Beyond. Uh, Walking Dead World Beyond, slightly less so than the main, be the main show, but I think it is doing something interesting and different. And to be fair, I'm probably not the age group it was originally aimed at anyway. <laughs> uh, and uh, The Boys Season 2 as well, I thought was brilliant. Uh, really kind of moved things on. I also wanted to give a shout out to Warrior Nun as well. I still need to watch which that. was a little series that uh, popped up on Netflix from Simon Barry, the guy that did Continuum. And um, I, I really enjoyed Continuum. I wasn't sure how I was going to be with this because it's got the sort of, you know, it's it's more kind of mystical and it's got sort of religious elements in it. But 
it's a solid, solid lead. It's a really interesting, funny character. It's, it's she's very dry and very sarcastic. I love the way that they've played with that. It's very different to the book, but it really works as a TV show as well. So uh, I, I really enjoyed Warrior Nun. Uh, I also give a shout out to Gangs of London because I thought that was superb and uh the vow as well which was just an immense documentary series uh, i am actually now watching tiger king i hadn't seen it at the time but uh, i have i've literally this week started watching tiger king which is in, an incredible series uh but uh the vow also uh, just an amazing just bonkers story uh which is is available on sky documentaries and uh really really worth going to watch in terms of my top 10 list um Snowpiercer, which neither of you mentioned. I haven't seen it. Oh. So. I didn't finish it in the end. Really? No. no. Okay. So uh, Snowpiercer, which I, I really enjoyed that series. I thought it was, again, a, an interesting, different take, both from the book and from the uh, film version as well. They do a number of things quite differently. Uh, it's... It, it, it takes this this idea of this sort of uh, you know a slightly out there idea of a train which basically has to keep moving and it, it has the entire population of the earth on it and uh, they uh, it's this this huge train that sort of has to keep going and there's sort of mystery and intrigue and stuff that goes on on it I think the casting's really good I really enjoy uh, where they went with the story I I loved where they ended it and uh, I'm really intrigued to see where it's going to go with the second season which lands in January so uh, that is one definitely to look forward to uh, number nine I have Breeders which is a comedy which was on I think it was on Sky One uh, aired it over here and uh, it was on FX in the US. This is stars uh, Martin Freeman and Daisy Haggard as a couple um, as of parents. Oh, and it one. is no right to be as funny as it is, given that that's basically the premise. It's two British parents, um, you know, raising kids. That's pretty much it. Um, but it's from Chris Addison, who is a hilariously funny stand-up and uh, also writes and directs and works with Amanda Linichi on Veep and stuff. Um, he's really funny. And Simon Blackwell, who's an amazing writer as well. It was those two that came up with it, uh, along with Martin Freeman. And uh, it, it's just it's it's just wonderfully um, funny. And uh, just looking at the idea of of them just dealing with daily life. And the second season of that is also going to be dealing with the pandemic as well. So I'm really looking forward to seeing where they go with that. And that's returning next year. Uh, number eight, Star Trek Picard, uh, basically because I'm a huge Star Trek nerd. <laughs> and it was just great seeing those characters back on screen in a slightly different format and seeing, I, I don't think it was perfect and I don't think it did everything right, but I, it was just so nice to be able to go back and watch those characters again. Uh, I'm, I'm always going to be happy watching Jean-Luc Picard and then having some of the other characters pop up and reappear and uh, moving sort of them into an interesting different area, which, uh, you know, I think is what they're doing very, very well with Star Trek at the moment. You know, they're, they're doing different things with it, which I really, really enjoy. Mm -hmm. Uh, number seven, The Umbrella Academy, which I know you both mentioned, but season two of that I really enjoyed. And um, 
I liked where they went with the sort of time jumping thing because sometimes that can go horribly wrong. And I, I just think they did a great job um, with the second season of that. They're very interesting characters. They're very likable. Uh, I'm very happy that they're coming back for another season and it is definitely renewed and there's no cast changes or anything like that. It's, it is uh, staying the same. So uh, I'm, I'm, and that again ended in a really interesting place. So uh, I'm really intrigued to see what they do with the third season of that. Did you see the uh, Ma- uh, Mary Klausmas video on YouTube? No. It's, it's like a Christmas sort of song, but it's all about Klaus, sort of. It's quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> I will have to go and look that up. That sounds very funny. Um, Upload is my number six pick uh i find it fascinating that both greg daniels and michael saw both went on straight after they did uh you know because they they had previously worked together on tv shows and they both ended up going and doing a show which was about the afterlife um so i i thought that was kind of interesting but uh i i the very different approaches to it in both cases um i i thought <clears throat> this one was really funny uh, created by Greg Daniels, who I kind of slagged off earlier for not doing a great job with uh, Space Force. But um, with this, I think he does a really good job. I think Robbie Amell is amazingly watchable in this as well. Uh, the, the, it, it's just the idea of sort of creating this digital afterlife uh, and the fact that he's sort of stuck there, you know. And uh, it's it's just wonderfully weird and strange. Um, I, I wasn't sure whether this was going to be one season, but they they have brought it back for a second season as well. So I'm very interested to see where they go with that. Um, my number five is Star Trek Discovery season three. I, I, as I said, with um, Star Trek Picard, I like what they're doing with Star Trek on TV at the moment. They're, they're taking it in very different directions and the where they ended the second season with them jumping forward and uh, being able to put the entire thing in a different timeline and explore a part of the star trek universe that we haven't seen before um i thought that was a really interesting thing to do and it gives them a lot more freedom uh and you've also got sort of stuff that's harking back to the older um world and the new world because you've got this ship which you know is from the past is now in the future so uh, i really really enjoyed the third season of that and uh, casting's great continues to be brilliant on that and the storyline just gets stronger and stronger um number four is staged which i mean was was just one of the best things probably the the best thing to come out of the lockdown situation um from Simon Evans, Michael Sheen, David Tennant, and it is basically Michael Sheen and David Tennant just bantering backwards and forwards on video chat. And uh, I mean, even if they hadn't constructed a show around it, I would sit and just watch eight episodes of them doing that. So, you know, I, I, I just think the fact that they managed to build a show around that and uh, the, they would, they'd been talking about how they've managed to film it and, uh, you know, David Tennant was sort of saying how people have commented on how how it's really interesting that Michael Sheen's always in one place and you're always wondering our house and he's like, yeah, because I'm trying to get away from the kids so you can't hear them in the background. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, just the fact that they managed to record this and managed to do it in lockdown and were shooting the whole thing themselves and it put together and it was so so funny uh it's a testament to the writing from simon evans and just the spectacular acting from michael sheen and david tennant uh, and their partners who were also brilliant in it the whole thing just superb and i'm so happy they're bringing it back for a second one 
my number three spot goes to The Witcher, which I know technically again was December, but it was mm-hmm. December twentieth, so I, I think, think that I, was. I think I had that on my list last year, so because I I right. finished it all before we did last year's podcast, so. <clears throat> right. Okay. Uh, I don't think I had, so I'm putting The Witcher on my list this year. Um, cool. But uh, I really, really enjoyed that. Um, I I don't think it was flawless. I think the thing with them jumping around in time needed a bit more explanation. Uh, and Because uh, they, they kind of left you to realise that it wasn't all running on one timeline and they could have pinpointed that a little bit better. But the casting was superb. The storyline was superb. It's a really decent, faithful adaptation of it. Um, I, I know they've been kind of going in and out of of shutdowns for like covid reasons on the next season and i hope that hasn't affected them too much and uh, they've also managed to damage superman which is never a good thing but uh i i hopefully that they they're kind of back on track and they're all managing to uh, move forward with that so uh, i'm looking forward to that coming back my second place as with gray goes to zoe's extraordinary playlist um this was a phenomenal show really really um, funny and uh, a surprise the music is great in it the dance routines it shouldn't work on paper it does um i i really can't heap enough praise on this and some of the just heartbreaking moments in it um i, I mean it's one of the few shows that have really brought a tear to my eye this year just some of the sections in that despite the fact that it's this weird strange musical comedy there are sections in it where I've been, you know, you, you really do feel they're pulling at your heartstrings and uh, it, it does such a wonderful job. It's so beautifully put together. I, I love, love that show and I'm so happy they're bringing it back for a second season. I just hope we get it reasonably quickly. Uh, and the number one for me is The Mandalorian because <clears throat> we've had season one and season two this year. The season two finale was spectacular. Uh, the the as Matt sort of said, they have thrown in a lot of like fan service in this second season, but um, they've done it in a very intelligent way. There are reasons for a lot of those characters. In fact, all of those characters for being there, uh, they are going to continue expanding this across TV. I, I just hope that it doesn't fall apart as they kind of grow this, um, because there is always a slight danger of that, but I think they've got solid people behind it with John Favreau and Dave Filoni. Um, they seem to be knowing what, know what they're doing and steering it quite well. Uh, they have announced today that there is the Boba Fett series, which is going to be running by the sounds of it at the same time as Mandalorian season three. And it is definitely a separate season. Uh, so it is going to be a spin-off series. So I'm very much looking forward to that and seeing a bit more of the, the background of that character. Uh, I'm also looking forward to seeing where they go with the Mandalorian, having got to the end of season two as well, because that is going to be taking a bit of a like right turn at the end of that season uh, now as well. So, so, um, yeah, I just think it's it's brilliant the way they put it together. And uh, I'm, I think that they're going to be able to spin a lot of more things off it. And, you know, we've got all these new shows coming. The amount of stuff that was announced by Disney this year is insane. Uh, I'm fairly sure that a lot of the shows in my top 10 next year are probably going to be Marvel and Star Wars series. But we'll, uh, we'll have to wait and see. There is some incredible stuff coming up in 2021. 
yeah, so that's all of our lists and choices and selections um, and everything for 2020. Uh, one thing we can agree on, Zoe's pretty good. Zoe's yeah. Yeah. Base is pretty good. So, yeah, yeah. I, think, I think if you take anything away from this show, it's yeah. go and watch that extraordinary playlist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's not on all four at the moment, but you can actually go and buy the digital season on Amazon. So I'd, I'd recommend that you still do go that. and do that. Yeah, yes. it'd be, it'd be a good it. thing to watch for Christmas as well so with all the music and whatnot so uh, because both of you had it at number two and i've got it at number one so um yeah zoe is uh pretty good so she'll win an entertainment talk award for something we should make an award for her yeah (laughs) yeah i mean i think if we were if we were gonna say out of the three of us collectively what is entertainment talks show of the year it is that because that's Mm -hmm. the thing that we all voted highest i think yeah yeah definitely uh, and that is uh, what we've got for you for this episode. Uh, this isn't going to be the last thing recorded for the year because, like I said, I've got May United's game against Everton to cover tomorrow. Uh, hopefully, that can end on a good uh, part for for that coverage of for this year. And hopefully, we don't lose. It's a quarterfinal, and I'd like us to win a trophy. That would be good um, as well. So look out for that tomorrow. Um, just a quick note on the best and worst of 2020. I did actually decide this year. I, I was going to do it last year, but I actually scrapped the idea. I actually did record um, myself deciding this whole thing, um, and <laughs> the pod- it, it was recorded in I think four or five different sessions. I edited them or edited them all together and uh, clipped them all together and stuff. And uh, that's going to be an hour long. So um, yeah, m- mostly deciding where these fifteen shows go. Uh, but look out, that will be released in exactly a week. So look out for that next week at midday. Um, that is the is going to be called deciding the best and worst of 2020. Uh, so look out for that. Um, I just thought, you know, I'm sitting here trying to think of um, what to do for the list. I might as well just record the process of that. So uh, <laughs> if if you want to listen to that, you can, you can do that as well. So um, there's that as well. Uh, there has been other things that have been recorded um, between now and the new year. Uh, there will be a surprise series being released uh, the minute that 2021 starts. Excuse me. So um, from midnight on the 1st of January. Uh, so look out for that. Um, the word that I've given for the hint is positive. So uh, look out for that at the start of the year as well. That's going to be a little mini series and I'm looking forward to that getting released. Uh, I've recorded a couple of other things as well. They're going to be coming out over the next few days. But uh, as always, everything that we do you can find on entertainmenttalk.org. Uh, TV, video games, films and Manchester United. Uh, I don't know when I'll be returning in the new year for the Man United podcast, but at some point. We've got Liverpool in the new year as well, so uh, possibly for, for that game. We shall see. Um so look out for all of that um david and gray thank you very much for joining me this was very very good to do to celebrate the uh uh, best of the year and to also talk about the worst of the year or some of the more disappointing things of the year Uh, we only get to do this once a year um speaking of the best uh things of the year you can still go and vote on the geek town awards that's until the 31st isn't it of yeah they're open till the uh 31st of december so you can still go and vote on there that's uh geektown.co.uk forward slash awards if you go and vote in that uh some of the shows we've been talking about not all of them but some of them are on that list so uh you can go and pick some of them out uh, of the categories and when you enter in that there is a huge geeky prize which i give away at the start of 2021 so you can have a 
nice start to the uh, new year as well if you if you win that uh, so you'll be entered into a prize draw by just going out and filling out the form and picking what your favorite shows are but that's uh, geektown.co.uk forward slash awards for that excellent uh, you can also just for for your general tv and film news geektown.co.uk and geektown radio on tuesdays uh, there won't be one episode this week but listen to uh, last week's sort of wrap up for the year and all that sort of thing um, so go and check out all of that uh, if you would like to support Entertainment Talk and the podcast if you like what you've heard today, hopefully you have uh, if you have done, uh, you can support us on Patreon, the $1 and $3 level tiers for ad-free podcast and review options word of mouth, you can simply tell people that you know about the content that we've got um, and the debate that we've had here and, and things over the best and worst things of 2020 and for all of our other content as well you can also do that through social media, Facebook Twitter, different Facebook groups or whatever you use these days, uh, so to do all of that as well on the twitch side of things uh, i don't know what bex's stream is for twitch necessarily but if you want to just go and follow her on twitch you'll be notified when she goes live uh that will be uh, trista bytes trista b-y-t-e-s on twitch go and follow her and you'll be notified when she goes live i'm going to stream some things over christmas i don't know what exactly well i know what games but i don't know when exactly but just follow me on twitch as well etalk uk and you'll be notified when i go live with different games as well uh you can find gray on twitter at gray the geek so uh, correct yep yep so go and check out all of his thoughts on different things on uh twitter he's of course one of the rotating uh geek town co-hosts so just keep your eyes on on uh, the geek town uh episode you said irritating then <laughs> rotating. Rotate, unless, rotating unless i am irritating right rotating guests on geek town so go and uh, check out all that uh i'm gonna schedule some more let's play sunday episodes over the christmas break so check out all those thank you all very very much for a great 2020 it's been uh, a different year certainly uh, let's hope that things get better yes. next year and better <laughs> quickly. Um, but thank you all very, very much for the support and for listening to the episode and interacting and getting involved with all that. And uh, again, thank you to David for this year for everything that you've done and for Gray to joining me for, for joining me for some of the episodes as well. Thank you all very much for listening. Have a great Christmas. Have a great start to the year. And hey, we've just recommended you a bunch of cool stuff to go and watch and play as well. So go and check out some of that as well. Thanks very much for listening, and we will see you next time. Goodbye. Bye bye.